0: Hey folks, and welcome to a Daily Ratings podcast. It's a show where each week we'll sit down with the Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on the latest movies he's been watching, both older films and new releases. And don't worry, there's no spoilers. Vince will give a brief review of the movie, share some thoughts, and of course, then rate the film. The daily ratings are always fair, honest, and most importantly, they're consistent. On today's show, Vince will be rating and reviewing Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, directed by Howard Hawks, The Seven Year Itch by Billy Wilder, some Like It Hot by Billy Wilder, The Misfits by John Huston, and finally newly released Blonde, directed by Andrew Dominic. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Daily. how's it going, buddy? Tommy Boy, how's it going? It's going okay on this side. How's it going for you in the week? Uh, Monroe-filled week. Yeah, uh, I, I like it. it. It was good, honestly.
1: Uh, and episode 52, uh, we are... Yes!
0: <laughs> Happy one-year
1: anniversary, <laughs> yeah, Ben. We... Happy one-year birthday to the show. <laughs> we are 260 movies into, into watching on the podcast, and uh, it is a blur. <laughs> it, is, it is an absolute blur. It's
0: uh, so true, but it, it's it's shocking right are 52. Oh, yeah. It, it happened fast. It, it did. We're in the it 20s. Did. Next thing you know, we're in the 30s, and the yeah. 40s flew by like that. Absolutely. It actually really did, actually.
1: And, and I think where it flew by as well, as uh, those early days in the podcast, we had kind of the lead up to first Oscar season and whatnot. So We were playing catch-up yeah, yeah. F-
0: for those first um, few as well. Yeah. But
1: um, and and maybe, I don't know, maybe our anniversary will always be for October spooky months, you know, <laughs> kind of going into yeah, it. Yeah, Definitely. So. Uh, we'll always have Halloween, Halloween-y uh, anniversary type of episodes. But uh, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening so far. I mean, 260 and still going strong. Uh, we got a lot of movies to cover still. It's fantastic. Still. <laughs>
0: 800, over 800 total on this site, yeah, which yeah. is unreal. Yep. And the fact that I think it, we're in a year anniversary and the fact that we're doing an all Marilyn Monroe, there's something, <laughs> there's something <laughs> glamorous about that. Yeah, yeah. And no joke, I really
1: enjoyed watching all these movies these week. I mean, some of these don't have... Amazing scores for me to give, but like, I I don't know. You Did this a study? Scra- you yeah. did,
0: a, and there was a good study to do. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you had not seen a single Marilyn Monroe film, correct?
1: No, not not a single one, uh, and even some of these more uh, famous ones. Um, when it comes to as well this kind of scratching a itch, in some same way, I like watching Fred Astaire movies and just old movies in general. Of course, yeah, you know, there's. Um, I don't know. There's, There was... I, I think these movies, especially some of the earlier ones, they have a lot going for them. And I find it fascinating to watch in modern day for that reason. Yeah. Like Is this actually worth your time in present day watching this old, old movie?
0: And to that, I love that the bulk of these are in the 50s too, yeah. which we know <laughs> we really need to fill out the 50s a <laughs> yeah. little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's start there. I love it. It's our 52nd episode. It's... Marilyn Monroe episode, which is great. Almost a special. Mm-hmm. It basically yeah. is a special.
1: Kind of, yeah. Just short of a of a study of Monroe's career. Yeah, it's basically know? since
0: we have a new release. We yeah. just throw it, in, uh, throw it in normal.
1: I think, uh, for for those notes real quick, uh, I, I would say if there's anything missing here, if you want to, drop blonde uh, folks at home and... Make this more so of a Marilyn Monroe watching list. I would just add on the film Niagara, which is technically before Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Earlier in her career, before but Gentlemen Prefer Blondes is like the real breakout. You know that is that's what counts. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the real start of wow. It's it's Marilyn. Okay,
0: you know? I don't. That's the thing I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was just a lot of research. I didn't know walking into this
0: week either. So it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fun sure, week for sure. And some of these are snappy too. Some of them are quick. Oh yeah. But let's stop. The, so let's go back there. It says 1953. And as you say, maybe not the first, but the first actual big boy. It's like stagecoach for John Wayne. <laughs> Almost, if you want to bring it down. To that. Uh, you know,
1: I have John Wayne notes already in this uh, in this episode. Perfect. So he's read my is mind because Howard Hawks. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All
0: right. So this is 1953. This is Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. It's directed by a very famous director Howard yep. Hawks. Yeah. And how was uh, how was Marilyn Monroe? And how was this film?
1: Uh, great. Uh, I thought this m- movie was uh, was real solid. It definitely skyrocketed Marilyn to her. To her, the heights of her career, just because this film, uh, it kind of is what we see later on in her career that almost, I'll make the comparison a little bit later on, but it's just for kind of the sex symbol itself. But there's a balancing act here. There is the equal part sex symbol, but it's also trying to make a fun character uh, out of maybe a little bit of a morally gray character with this. Uh, like you said, Tom, directed by Howard Hawks, uh, definitely a hidden fave of ours. We don't talk about Hawks too much, yeah. but through his work with John Wayne, definitely a fave of, uh, of both of us uh, on the
0: podcast. One of, he's one of Tarantino's favorite directors. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. He's big. He's got some big, big films. He
1: really does. He really does. And, and also has been around the block. Yeah, inf- uh,
0: influential director, mm-hmm. big time.
1: Yeah, so that if there's anything kind of coming off of this, I'm definitely interested in, in tackling him as a director because he has just uh, so much yeah. uh, to his name. Uh, this movie is a musical comedy. Uh, again, this is probably the closest to represent both in age, but also to those older style of musical comedies that maybe, jumping back to February, we covered with a Fred Astaire uh, or uh, just that type Type of style of where the characters themselves are entertainers, and that's how we get musical scenes in the in the movie. Uh, a good bit more raunchy. Marilyn Monroe and Jane Russell play showgirls. Uh, Different thoughts about love, different kind of thoughts about uh, <laughs> about what they want out of love and a romantic partner. Marilyn believes you should only fall in love for money, and Russell believes you should fall in love for looks. Uh, and we, and again, uh, in in a totally good way, we have a, I don't know, we have a certain. T- not badassery we have a certain uh cool factor uh to these two characters uh the film is not obsessed with trying to make them moral or they're trying to you know prove that they're they're goody two shoes or some some way the the film is very comfortable in the fact that they are Kind of morally gray, maybe a, a little bit. Uh, you know, they want what they want, and they're going to get done what they want to get done. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I was I was happy with that, especially to your note how I've commented in the past the fifties are a little rough because I, I don't like how squeaky clean it is sometimes. Abs-
0: yeah, it's co- and not only that to have two, it's two female leads mm-hmm. and not two guy leads either. Yep, one running the show, two are morally mm-hmm. gray. Uh, kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a, probably different for that time and. I think that is kind of, like you said, I don't know if badass is.
1: Uh, right. Yeah, I don't know what best I'm thing, but um, lacking a word for it. But yeah, there is, a, there is a. They hold their own. Yes. They hold their own, basically.
0: Yeah. And it's not classic, maybe what a good looking woman role would be right, for that right. age.
1: Absolutely. I have to say both of them were actually great in this. Um, scenes are probably the weakest when they're alone, but together on screen, there is a good back and forth comedy that happens between them that just really works. Um, Jane Russell, I haven't really seen anything else at all as well, uh, but she was dynamite on screen. And, and And again, together, there is this, they are on the same page. Uh, and there's almost a manipulation of everyone around them. And it, 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 again, there there were there, it was interesting characters to, especially to see in this kind of musical comedy, right. wrapping paper to it. The confidence that both actresses have on screen, you know, it sells that cool factor to their characters. The story is comfortable with these characters being morally gray, and maybe a little the bad guys or the bad girls in this. And and again, refreshing for a '50s movie. This is totally the opposite opposite of something that we covered, like the rap Packs Ocean's Eleven, where yeah. the script was downright obsessed with proving that these characters are good guys. Let these characters be bad if they want to be bad. Yeah. And, and this is a great example. And gentlemen prefer blondes, you know. And they, that's,
0: and the two, since like I said, two female leads, and were they were they competent characters? Absolutely. See, that's even back then is a little bit rare.
1: Uh, perfect example in 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 Monroe, Monroe's character again. Weaker when she's alone on screen. Okay, uh, but. There is, she, she's is—she obviously plays dumb. She has the, the raspy, you know, the, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the yeah, sure. wispy voice, uh, the flirty voice. But in the character, the character is specifically using it because she says herself in this that the type of men that she goes after that, has money, that have money don't prefer her smart. So she's just— Making herself how she wants the type of suitor that she wants to get, and she'll even say to the to the guys that are you know that that have money, they say, "Oh, just you you just want me for money? What what do you mean here?" Uh, And she says, "Well, I mean, you know, you want me for looks. You want you know, I mean, there's there's a cool a a through line, a rationale to how she operates as a character, and it goes beyond just dumb blonde. Yeah, it makes
0: a stronger character tenfold.
1: Yeah, absolutely,
0: more enjoyable to watch. Yeah."
1: Uh, where I expected the opposite, I mean, I expected in these early films it just to be the sex icon, just to be sex symbol, yeah, kind of was the opposite actually uh she she develops into that later on in the career and then earlier in uh, before fifty three she's actually starring in a lot of dramatic roles, so this was kind of a turnabout. She found her her niche uh, as an actress, and then that was blown up more and, and more
0: and those were B films before or Not
1: B films. I don't know,
0: maybe. Okay. Just not high-regarded even now today, critic-wise.
1: Yeah, the only one that was maybe in the cut was Niagara, which is actually kind of a uh, murder mystery noir story before that though I think it was just a factor that these films were she worked for the studio and right. she got those gigs exactly, you know classic I mean? stuff yeah exactly. the
0: studio have their people and that's how it is
1: and definitely before a feature which again these these four films focus as Monroe as a feature yeah. and her progression as an actress okay so uh, but yeah th- this, this aspect of kind of morally gray reminds me of Hawk's other films uh, that he is comfortable casting actors in this way a favorite of ours on the podcast Red River is a great example of this where the it it kind of uncommonly cast John Wayne as a not necessary antagonist but the antagonistic force to our main character definitely
0: uh, yeah morally gray big time yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, which uh eventually for the building hype of the John Wayne special, or maybe it's just for Tom that's (laughs) hyped around it. Uh, But, uh, you know, I I really enjoyed uh, Red River uh, for that reason of kind of casting that. And we can even look back to one of his first films, 1932's Scarface. Uh, oh, he did the original. He did original Scarf. Oh, I mean, damn. Hawks is a is a king, is a legend. He is well regarded. Yeah. I think
0: he's forgotten about now, yeah. especially among millennials, like don't know him. Yeah. Very high regarded, though. Yeah. In I mean,
1: I, I, you know, uh, I, I am very curious to to dive more into his work because again, there was this cool, this, this trend of he is not afraid to make a, a a bad character, the focus, not necessarily a villain, but, you know, again, there's there's this more it's, grayness. There's almost reality to yes. it for that reason.
0: And not giving it, and it's something that holds up till today, 2022, mm-hmm. because squeaky clean just just not cut it. Exactly. Anyway, it's just a bore. Yeah, it, it, it's a bore. It's just such a more undeveloped story. Mm-hmm. And Indeed. it's not the most relatable thing because it's just like things in life aren't squeaky clean. Mm-hmm. But I love, especially
1: I, with the type of movies we grew up with in the 2000s, gritty, you know, everything gritty. You know, oh yeah, era, definitely. Uh, I think and coming out of the we 90s, respond to that reason. Yeah, you know, definitely for that as well.
0: But uh, I mean, I love the yeah. Howard Hawks talk. I yeah. love that.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm uh, kind of bringing up some of those examples because there's a good chance, sure. folks at home, you, you have no idea what those movies are. But uh, you know, he he as a director and and clearly the type of scripts that he's taking, the type of uh, stories that he's taking on. Or, or he's he's comfortable with making it kind of a focus on villains or a focus on people doing what they want to do regardless of the the moral spin to it. And gentlemen prefer blondes was refreshing in that way. Um, I'll say the music numbers are pretty strong. This includes the iconic diamonds, our girl's best friend, which of course is I would say one of probably top five, if not top three highlights of Monroe's entire career. Uh, The choreography, I would say, is a bit dull. Again, my my ceiling or or the bar is Fred Astaire, you know, (laughs) himself. So I I wasn't really thrilled with too much what was going on visually in these sequences. I do want to say that, critically speaking... Very iconic for Monroe. Uh, This scene is pretty electric to see her, uh, and especially kind of knowing the legend of Monroe, kind of watching this, you know, after the fact. Doing some research into this, I was really watching a lot of audio sync and uh, and, and just voiceover work with Monroe in these type of musical numbers, you know, as iconic as it is for Monroe, I, yeah. I can't give a huge amount of credit because it's voiced over, you know what I mean? It, it's, 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 it's overdubbed with a different singer, and I don't know, I think that does take some points away from me, if I'm being honest. I
0: don't think that's unreasonable. I don't think that's unreasonable at all. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's funny how you're almost like you're afraid to say something bad about. <laughs> oh, you just her. wait. Just, yeah, <laughs> you just wait. But it's like because she is this like this Hollywood darling almost. Yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, she's not singing. I mean, that's...
1: Uh, yeah, it's tough. Uh, well, I, I guess maybe I'm conflicted because I did enjoy the sequence, and it it comes on screen, and you can see, wow. I mean, this it's it's iconic, and it's deservedly of iconic. How as well. was
0: it? So when you're watching it, you're not sitting there and being like, "Boy, is this dubbed?" No, um, like there's the voice. I was, but I
1: was hyper tuned into it at that, that point. Okay, yeah.
0: but for the most part, it's like the voice kind of matches what she mm-hmm. looks like, mm-hmm. and they're doing a good job yes, at syncing, exactly. literally yeah and,
1: and clearly you know uh, part of that you know part of that memorable aspect of it is is the voice itself so right. uh, i actually don't have uh, the original voice actor or the uh, the uh, overdubbed voice actress in my notes but still you know, it, it doesn't go all credit to Monroe. Uh, other than that, I think this film was a very solid watch, uh, well worth your time in modern day, uh, and honestly a great example of Monroe's presence on screen for both beauty and comedy, uh, surprisingly. We're going to go ahead and give Gentlemen Prefer Blondes a 70 on the dot.
0: Ooh, okay. I'm Starting off that. strong. Yeah, seventy's a good movie yeah, right there.
1: Yeah, we'll see how low we go. uh oh, uh <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I just like the fact that, I mean, it, yeah, it's a 53 movie at a 70%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's very good. Uh, uh, we should almost have our own 50 scale. <laughs>
1: is it great on a curve? we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 50s. Uh,
0: okay, so gentlemen prefer blondes with a 70%. So, I mean, she's on a roll here in the 50s, really. Uh, two years later, it's 1955, she does The Seven Year Itch, and this is before she goes on a uh, two movies with Billy Wilder directing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and set this one up a little bit, and what do we get? with her return back to the screen.
1: Sure, sure. So uh, in in the time between these two films, I would say the musical comedy kind of has taken a back seat. Uh, we have a evolving landscape in you know U.S. film uh, and in Hollywood that um, different things are being explored. Obviously a lot of play to movies uh, are explored in mid-50s as well. Okay. Uh, or stage play to movies. And this is actually a romantic comedy that is dropping the musical element uh, and uh, in, in the same way was adapted. Um, it really does feel like a more modern rom-com in the vein of what we might see coming out of the 90s or even the early 2000s, it was actually pretty shocking the the, the modern appeal this film has. Uh, and that's not wow. even something I can say of uh, Some Like It Hot, directed by the same director, and later on, it's weird. There's a weird kind of anomaly with this one, a seven-year itch.
0: So when you say that it, it feels like a modern, is it taking the same formula kind of post uh, When Harry Met Sally? Mm. Because that really launched a whole different kind of comedy, like every romantic comedy after that in the 90s yeah, really. and even the 2000s kind of yeah. took that same formula.
1: Maybe some of the, the timelessness of it comes from being on onstage adaptation. At, at the same time, though, I think it's really, really in the editing. There's some sharp editing. There's some quick edits. Oh, so which it I literally
0: think, felt yeah. like a newer movie. Exactly. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Uh,
1: but no, I think you bring up a good point because even – the dynamic of, you look at uh, romances, uh, again, well, I mean, uh, Fred Astaire type of movies, you <laughs> yeah. know, you look at something like Easter Parade and it's like, you mm. know, I didn't love them and now I love them. You know, and that's yeah. that's, that's romances. Yep. This, it feels modern in the sense that there's almost a, a com- passive com- aggression. There's an aggression that becomes love. There's you know comle- I mean? There's
0: complexity to yeah, it. It's yeah. It's not so cut and dry.
1: Exactly. It's got some spice to it. Clearly... Uh, the the very premise of the film is uh, is a, is a little dicey as well. Uh, the seven year itch refers to the superstition that a man can only stay loyal seven years into the into a marriage. <laughs> uh, our man here is uh, put to the test. Tom Ewell I, I, is it Ewell or Ewell? You think
0: Ewell, Ewell, Ewell? It sounds too. Let's go, Tom Ewell. Tom, Tom
1: Tommy Boy <laughs>
0: Ewell, or maybe he's Tom Ewell.
1: Ewell, Ewell. Uh, <laughs> Tommy, how's Tommy? With his with his wife and son on vacation to escape the hot summer city, uh, he is put to the test, and that test is Marilyn Monroe herself. Uh, <laughs> she plays the hot new neighbor. We. We basically watch Ewell uh, be tortured <laughs> <laughs> by this fact. Uh, I have to be honest here. I thought this was going to be a lot more dated and possibly a lot more creepy uh, with, the, mm. with the premise, but mm-hmm. I got to give my hats off. Um, our director here rides the line well. It never dips into a creepy, rapey, you know, and nothing sure, like sure. that, you know, even, even with the topic of like infidelity, it's always kind of, you know, it, it's, it's done in almost a lighthearted kind of heartwarming way. Okay. Good editing here, I think is my top uh, compliment and with, with older films, I think that is key with older comedies. It's even more key. It's interesting. I mean, the film dabbles a lot with going into these almost sketch segments, that uh, we go to uh, Tom's overactive imagination uh, and how he views, uh, you know, certain women coming onto him, where in reality that's not the case. I think that's also part of why this rides the line so well is that he is played for the for the laugh almost all of the time. His delusions or his his manicness or his nervousness yeah. that's always played for the laugh. It's never. You know, ever dipping beyond that, and I think that's what kind of makes a lot of this all right and not creepy. You know, what I mean that that's what is the the secret to the success. Yeah, I
0: think like you said, it's just it's a thin line yeah. you know to balance on that, and I, that's impressive. Yeah, if, and if he's kind of writing that.
1: That that's where I was coming back to this. I was like, oh boy, you know, <laughs> you know we have Marilyn Monroe, we have you know this 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 infidelity plot. It's yeah, I I, I was I was worried it's the fifties too. Yeah, I, mean, that, I was yeah. worried it was going to be a real creepy movie, but it was it was not bad. Wow. Okay, very uh, so. cool. Uh, and No Joke a, a fairly funny film um uh, our character has an overactive imagination like I said and you know it cuts away to the idiocy of these fantasies. Uh, that's why I enjoyed the most about the kind of the sketch setup. We have these flashbacks and it kind of keeps things moving along brisk and, and and also pretty funny, you know, he'll he'll slip on something or he'll he'll come out of the dream sequence in some way and the edits I mean they're they're really good the film is well cut to make sure that like if he falls or he does some sort of physical comedy it has punch to it okay so, uh, again unexpected 455 but uh, I think some the you know the, there's there's a couple of key elements here to why the magic works here Monroe's performance, on the other hand, I would say, is not the greatest. Oh, really?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, she. I almost feel like this would be the, the role for her. Right. Right. And just no.
1: Yeah. Uh, I watching this. I watch these in exact sequential order. That's, I think that'd be uh, the way to do it. Yeah, and seeing the progression and and for and me, you say blonde for last.
0: Yeah, oh, Blonde cool. for last. I think that's good. Cool. That's good. Uh,
1: and believe me, I'll take my Browning points of picking wonderful films okay. actually shown in the film. Okay, <laughs> but, <laughs> I'll, I'll <laughs> put in that. Uh, yeah, it, it, Monroe's performance here. Uh, if I had to explain it in uh, modern terms, it would be like adding Megan Fox to a film. Uh, there, it is for sex appeal and sex appeal alone. And there's just nothing more to it. All looks, Uh, no substance. Yeah. and And we clearly know she has more to give dramatically, whether that be her early career or where she returns to eventually in her career. Uh, it just i, I think it is—it is by far just the writing. The writing is just far too dumb. She makes her far too oblivious. That infects these type of solo scenes where I commented, with gentlemen prefer blondes?" Those solo scenes where Marilyn is alone without that nice electricity between Jane Russell, kind of girl talk back and forth. Yeah, that was actually really quite funny. Uh, these solo scenes—it just. It's too childish in tone it's too you know it, it, it doesn't keep up is with this the wit. dumb girl yes
0: this is dumb girl okay
1: yeah this is where unfortunately you know my praise really goes to the, the wayside because not only is she written like that, you know, I mean, yes, that is her progression. I mean, uh, Seven Year Itch is one of the big three. You know, for her, hmm. as far as big iconic roles right, uh, right. for her, I would say the only one that's kind of the outlier from this even list this week, folks, is The Misfits, and I'll, I'll cover that for a very specific reason. But yeah, it's this one. It's again, not to oversimplify it, but it's it's throwing Megan Fox into a comedy or something like that. It is it, the writing is just. They're putting her in a box. And I'm not saying she has to be intellectual or anything like that, but the comedy fails it as was, well.
0: Okay, so the writing was one, just kind of second rate. Yeah. And the acting then wasn't much on top of it. Yeah,
1: Monroe's note, uh, Monroe's role is purely one note. It's just a sex icon to be the spot of the husband's admiration. Is
0: this where we get that famous scene with her on the great Yes. And the wind coming up and everything yep. with the dress? Okay. Yep. So uh, what, what exactly, what percentage of time do we see... Is she, would you say she's the main character or is it, it the guy is the main it's character? It's pretty
1: much him. Uh, she okay. is, I mean, she's definitely co lead yeah. uh, in, in yeah, a yeah. sense, but yeah. It, it's from Ewell's um, uh, perspective. And again, it, it kind of, so yeah. much time is dedicated to his kind of neurotic romantic type of fantasies right right okay uh, of, <laughs> of you know uh, how much credit he's built up in the relationship and how much he's gonna overcome it and how much he's doing better on his diet and not smoking cigarettes and then she knocks at the door and then he's smoking a cigarette and, and drinking with her okay. you know what I mean so <laughs> he, he's the focus because he's often the the point of the joke as well and, and that's where I mean like she cannot keep up in these scenarios either uh, he'll be going off and kind of setting up his own joke and also hitting his own punchlines. And Monroe is there just to kind of be oblivious to it, what he's talking hmm. about, okay. kind of make him look like a little bit more of an idiot. And yeah, it just does not work as a performance for her. Uh, you read my mind. Disappointingly, uh, the famous skirt shot is here and but you know, uh, probably the top one most iconic shot uh, she has in film. And yeah. the scene plays out a little bit different than the picture. The picture, I think, is uh outlives the film. It's itself. more outcon-
0: iconic then. yeah.
1: The framing of it is better. Um, this skirt shot. I don't know. I mean, not not saying I was like looking for, you know, no, but it's uh, famous. Provocative. No, no, no. Business, but it's but yeah. like
0: one of the most famous Hollywood yeah images of all time. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So uh, I was a li- little bit let down when the scene wasn't really great itself. So okay, I, you know, just just again,
0: I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, how could it live up? Exactly. How epic, maybe how that's epic my could expectations. You know? No, I think that would be anybody's expectations. I yeah, think people yeah. would be like, "Oh, all right, there it is." Yeah. Cuz I'm serious. Like think about famous shots in a film or mm-hmm. things that came from What are some of the big ones? I would say maybe like King Kong on top of the sure. Empire State Building. Sure. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. So it's how huge. I feel like it could only underperform. Yeah. in the actual film. There is
1: an unrated version of this, which has the same runtime. Uh, I I didn't watch it, but maybe I should have. That there was uh, that that could have been longer or or more risque, know, risque, or 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 it I didn't. It, film would be better. I guess my problem is, and again, I'm not looking for this. Like I you want to see right, the right. shot or something like it. More it was more so like. Why was this iconic? Was it just the photo going viral, and or not viral? What am I saying? Well, back uh, in the day, viral. <laughs> right, I mean, right. technically, uh, it was the photo kind of in in the tabloids and whatnot, and that's what kind of yeah, pushed I it think out. So representative
0: of her, basically. Yeah. yeah, the scene
1: itself was like almost like, oh, and it's over. Okay, okay. So, but yeah, uh, that that was a big reason why we touched on uh, Seven Year Itch uh, because that is you know uh, the top. You know that that is when you think Marilyn Monroe, you think the skirt over the uh, over the 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 train uh the train um sewer, sewer. <laughs> <laughs> train sewer what am i saying train sewer you're new york boy come on train sewer what am i saying the great the event but yeah i would say it, it this this film surprised me a little bit with some some laughs uh but honestly i i don't walk away dying to recommend this one because yeah it's it, it's funny in in ways uh but i i think for the rating, it is right, right on the edge of the coin, if not just very slightly over okay. on the right side of it. Because it did feel surprisingly modern, and I want to give credit That's to cool. that. That's
0: cool. That's very cool.
1: Yeah, but as a comedy, I mean, again, I did get some laugh. it did get some laughs out of me. I just think, I don't know, it just boils down to, man, this is really not a great performance for Monroe. And I certainly wasn't coming to the to the picture for anyone else, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean, for the Monroe study. <laughs> I right. wasn't, wasn't watching it for anyone else. I think that could be good enough uh, for something that could have been a disaster to watch in modern day. Um, so credit there. Like I said, this does ride a certain line, uh, and that is primarily why I feel that it is on the right side of the coin. We're going to go ahead and give the seven-year itch a 56. Oh, okay.
0: 56 got up there, okay.
1: Yeah. Like I said, I, I I was I was thinking that this was going to be a lot more creepy, a lot more
0: dated. You know, what I mean, I, I would say that you wouldn't discourage people from watching it no. if they're going to go through kind of a Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, because honestly, study I would, them themselves,
1: I, regardless of ratings. I would live and die by this list that I crafted. You oh, know good, I yeah. Mean? This, this kind of watch list uh, I, I thought was dead on for understanding her progression as an actress.
0: Okay, all right. So that's the seven-year itch in 1955 with the 56 percent. And we'll move on. So the editor, by the way, also did Planet of the Apes and did, did Patton. Like OG? OG Planet of the Apes. Oh, Ant. okay. So he, he did some other big titles, too, mm. as well. But, uh, okay, so this is now 1959. Again, kind of capping the, her 50s run here. This is Some Like It Hot, again directed by Billy Wilder. What did we get with this now? So, yeah,
1: this film is considered uh, one of the greatest comedies of the time and marked as the first appearance of cross-dressing in the film – Billy Wilder is the same director here, like you said, Tom. And similarly to the last film, I was kind of walking on eggshells on how dated this experience was going to be and feel watching today. Luckily, once again, coming out of this with my skin still on, you know what I mean. I was not <laughs> uh, saying that this was, uh, you know, this this wasn't on the list to get canceled or anything.
0: Like right, that. right, you right. Know?
1: It is completely, you know, it rides a line, and uh, I think more so. My thoughts on it is: is it more so just worth your time? when it comes to the story the story starts here actually in 1920s prohibition chicago uh jazz musicians joe and jerry are in between gigs and have to happen to see a mafia hit squad do some dirty work to escape they both cross dress to join a women's only band and and leave town to go to florida i mean as far as the <laughs> the performance here i don't know it's it's like every joke that you've ever heard on a sitcom Every, oh okay, yeah, it's like it's been a lot of rinse and
0: repeat since 1959. Exactly, and
1: maybe there's credit that this is the original originator. This is one to write the jokes that we've seen in every sitcom and probably Mm -hmm. a handful of Mm -hmm. you know trashy 2000s movies like (laughs) White Chicks and things like (laughs) that. Right, right. So you know, it's 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 a bit different watching it in modern day, and I think that's that's maybe where audiences would be push to say wow this is the greatest comedy <laughs> of our decade <laughs> right <laughs> maybe maybe we're seeing the, the the cobwebs on it a little bit Marilyn Monroe is the lead singer in this band and and right off the bat she is a much better written character she has she, she's dynamic she has flaws very early on we discover she has a drinking problem and her family disowned her um this is a, a factor that we you know these more dramatic elements we have her exploring earlier pre gentlemen prefer blondes mm-hmm. but was not getting the notoriety and why we focus on it here for this kind of watchless folks is it, it, there's the mixing now uh, Monroe is still just as much as a, a, a sexual icon and why she's being part of being part of this film and why she's actually you know despite not having you know she's she's the love interest in this really it's the it's the, it's the show of the two gentlemen I, I I don't have the names written down
0: well Jack Lemon is one yes so yeah just huge and Tony Curtis yeah so I mean like uh, big names
1: yeah absolutely uh, and when, when it comes to her involvement she kind of takes second seat to their duo kind of first seat to this
0: yeah so the fact that you have like two cross-dressing guys mm-hmm. and kind of like taking the show, you can imagine that that's where a lot of the comedy is oh, going to come absolutely. from. Absolutely, yeah, yeah,
1: that's also the kind of there's almost a Scooby Doo ness of them running away from the <laughs> <Yeah>. mob too. <laughs> I mean, quite literally, there are shots that they there are there are hallway shots that they're running down different hallways and then they get mixed up. I mean, it's like wow. I mean, it's it's it, there maybe is enjoyment in watching this as the originator of so many jokes. I was not laughing though because I've grown up with these jokes and you had no, no laugh death. out loud moment. Moments. Not not a single one. Oh. Where at least with Seven Year Itch I was there was some kind of outrageousness. There was right. these sketch kind of ideas, you know, where this it was just like so now oh, it, been there, done that. This has
0: just become corny.
1: Yeah, it, and and again, it kind of feels bad to maybe knock an original movie like that, but uh, this hey, is we're in the per- here hey. hey, and now. Yep. I am not watching this back in '59. I am not calling it the greatest <laughs> comedy of my generation. You know, so. <laughs> there is, uh, you know, there is still kind of a musical rom-com element, or, or I would say, echoes of that. But it's kept pretty light in tone, and even with something as simple as Monroe's voice, it sounds a little bit more natural. It's, it's a little bit more real. It's less kind of that breathy, flirty, you know, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. She, she's already toning it back, and I would say we see the peak of her toning it back completely in The Misfits uh, just two years later. Okay.
0: So. And the more she tones it back, the more you're enjoying that performance, correct? Or no? Yeah, because okay, it's yeah.
1: clearly an act. Uh, and it's right. clearly right. either the director, the writer, the production, her acting coach telling her she has to amp this up in some way. Or maybe she's doing it herself, and she understands her brand. Right. Which is completely fine, but... That's where i I really enjoyed kind of watching the progression of her come into her own. And have confidence in her acting because she does bring uh, some dramatic strength to her acting. When when it comes to uh, the development of her roles, aside, I have to be honest. Um, I just was not thrilled with this movie. As you, <laughs> as you may be picking up already, uh, I, I just feel that even if you are dying laughing at these kind of gender swap jokes, uh, it is still really just one note. Two hours and one minute. Exactly. Ago. You know, make it an hour thirty. Yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> Premise, It could be an easy hour and 30. You
1: hooked up to my Google Notes. <laughs> my I was about to say certainly not two hours. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, like, it's hour and 30, maybe it'll be, be a little bit more fresh, you know? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe, you know, I, I would have... Uh, it, it feels like the 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 towel is wrung uh, way, way earlier on in the film on these type of jokes because they really, as soon as they, as soon as they dress up, it's it's a mile a minute. You know, how do girls walk like this? And you know, uh, how do you, how do you keep them up? You know, right. and like you know, <laughs> it, it, it's shit like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's funny, but it's, it's goofy also now. Like, it's corny. Yeah. It's just, it
0: just doesn't age well. Exactly, I mean, and I think because it's been there, done that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And,
1: and I, I just feel like it's just those type of jokes have been done to death. Not even saying in any sort of way that you know, like uh, cross dressing jokes like that, you know, aren't acceptable. It's just more so. It's just it's really been done to death. So, I suppose the credit goes to Wilder as a director for writing the line again because I don't think any of this was really in poor taste. I, both of these films, I kind of saw. I was in my research. I was like, "Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> what, what am I walking into?" Uh, but, uh, but you know, and, and maybe those curious of a originator, an origin of a style, uh, origin of a comedy, um, what some claim as the <laughs> the greatest comedy of a generation. You know, this could be this could be a slight recommend for me. Uh, I guess watching in modern day. I just have seen the joke rehashed in every Teeny TV sitcom and and, and everywhere uh, from, you know, crappy comedies, you know, I mean, I, I have a hard time disassociating that with this being a crappy comedy, because the other ones are crappy comedies, but... I was just a little numb to the setup, uh, and, and, and full disclosure there, if especially if you are a lover of Some Like It Hot. As far as me trying to like this, I really tried to like this film. Uh, maybe a second watch could, I could kind of come out. I doubt it you probably hate it more. Yeah, I probably. Because then the jokes aren't going to land at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know>? I'm <laughs> expecting the jokes. I mean, just <laughs> waiting for the punchline. Yeah. Uh, but critically, you know, this film is incredibly revered. Uh, something in reviewing a lot of these films, I, I try to stay away from other scores and other ratings as much as possible. And that's no trouble when I have new movies or I have just movies off of a random list that I'm pulling from. These films, it took te- intensive research, and it kind of is insane to me how many of these old films have just not been updated as reviews. Like, you look at Rotten Tomatoes, you look at anywhere. These are reviews probably being pulled from back then Of uh, when it comes to, like, uh, paper publications. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and That's how a lot of no people do it sometimes, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and no one has watched this in in modern day, so <laughs> I you know that kind That's of makes why we me exist? yeah exactly that makes me excited to be a little bit uh, controversial uh, with my rating here of such a critically revered film, but. If anything, I was looking at this and I was just like, what am I missing? What am I missing? Right. I'm not missing anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't regret the time watching it. Certainly, if you are curious about Monroe's progression as an actress, this is notable uh, and kind of serves as a half step to what we see in The Misfits. But I'm coming out of this pretty lukewarm for the classic of Some Like It Hot. We're going to go again and give it a 55.
0: Oh, wow. I'm surprised I got it above 50. Yeah, you thought it, yeah. I mean, so it was better than I mean if 50s average. This is a pretty average film. Yeah, I'm just I, I thought pretty, it was going to be in like the 30s or 40s.
1: No, I think I think it would have easily been down there if for any reason you know I found the jokes out of pocket or just didn't stand up right, to right. modern day watching. So really,
0: what you're trying to get across to people is it's a meh film, and it, you really want to get across it is not.
1: Uh, what, what? 99, I think? Did, Something met, like that?
0: Metacritic? Yeah. Gotta give it a 98. 98. Which 98. Metacritic is usually, well, we're the best when it comes to <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> when we, it comes to being the a critic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Metacritic sometimes gets, hooked well, up when they get it wrong. And sure. I think this is one of those cases. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I think people, I bet they go back in the old reviews mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then that's all it is. Exactly. And for Rotten Tomatoes, I think. It's pulling from these
1: old I do publications.
0: Maybe. And you know what, but it has a ninety-four percent audience score. Yeah. I think people are afraid to dislike mm-hmm. films like this. Absolutely because they have reputation. Yep. They see what other people score it mm-hmm. and now they're afraid to go low. 100 percent So an audience member is just like, oh my gosh, what am I? What they're gonna have the same thing. Mm-hmm. What am I getting wrong in this film? Mm-hmm. It must be this good and I'm missing something. Yep. Yep. Well, maybe it's just not maybe it just doesn't hold up anymore. Exactly. Maybe it's just not that good of a film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And back in the day, sure, but we're not back <laughs> yeah, in the day anymore. Exactly. So I think that's what it is. I think people are afraid to give it yeah. People who watch it today and give it a high score, I bet mm-hmm. it's because people are, f- are afraid to go against the grain on it.
1: And it's something I didn't necessarily experience with some of the older films that we've been covering, or or even, like I said, going back to Fred Astaire February. Sure. Because I, I, I kind of, once again, I'm not, I'm trying to stay away from reviews, so I'm not even slightly tainted in a yeah. direction, you know? This, it was so research intensive and kind of understanding her career. It was, I, I couldn't stay away from it, and I, I definitely did a dive into wow, what, <laughs> I mean, those, these are some real positive ratings on this very simple comedy, you know, I mean, I, I don't understand.
0: I think it's a mix of what we talked about. Yeah, yeah. People are afraid to give it a bad score and there's a lot of just like drudging up old things of what people thought about back in the time. Yeah. Thinking that's how people are actually going to think about it mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. But I just also want to make a note because mm-hmm. I don't know if you will, but again, it's not because you actually hate old films or anything like that. No, I love old films. Citizen Kane, like some of the greatest films sure, of all time. Absolutely. are absolutely. They are timeless. <laughs> And everything I, like that. Hopefully, next we will have two
1: months dedicated to an actor that stopped acting in like the fifties. So you know, uh, right, uh, right. You know, I like old films uh, I, for sure. I, yeah,
0: I mean, Howard Hawks is your new favorite director. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay <laughs> tuned for the Howard yeah. Hawks special. <laughs> um, okay, but fifty-five again. It's still better than I thought. I don't want to yeah. disc. I don't want you know, right? Because right. we're making it sound like it's a thirty. It's not exactly. It's still fifty-five.
1: Yeah, I think. I think it's uh, an all right film. That's yeah. what that means. And and sometimes, you know, I listen back to some old episodes, and and sometimes it's when we're combating something that people think is the holy grail. Yeah. that we Which have to go ninety eight on
0: Metacritic. Right, exactly. It's higher than Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs>
1: it's uh, yeah, I know.
0: Because I think they go back and look at the New York Times yeah. and what the Washington Post said.
1: Exactly, and uh, you yeah, just I mean, can't do that. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. That. People just kind of go with the grain on things. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't want to, you know.
0: Toot our own horn too much? It's our one-year anniversary. We, we turn one <laughs> year old. Are they
1: watching five movies a week?
0: I don't think so. <laughs> okay, okay. So that was 1959. Uh, this is now 61, and this is The Misfits. And what do we get here? This is John Huston directing. Yes. And what tone do we get with uh, with, with Marilyn?
1: So yeah, this is a, a pretty interesting drama. Um, not your run-in-the-mill drama either. I would have to really um, dive back into early 60s type of stories to see if I could compare this to anything. As of right now, I really can't compare it to much. Um, this is one of... No, I'm sorry. This one was Monroe's last film before her overdose. Uh, and also the last film of Legend legendary actor Clark Gable as well. Uh, Is this his last film? Yeah, uh, I don't, have. I I mean, I've seen Gone with the Wind, like, way, way back when, but, uh, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed him in this, and uh, might be interesting to, to do some Clark Gable watching. I don't know. That's it's, wild. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, An interesting, uh, well, I mean, you know, not interesting, but... Um, you got a great I, cast in this film. World. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his face from... Montgomery Cliff.
0: Oh, <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to say the guy from Red River. <laughs> wrong cowboy. Wrong I cowboy. You going to say the guy from Red River.
1: <laughs> no, we have uh, what's <laughs> his face from Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Um,.
0: Oh, oh, go okay. Eli Wallach. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Monty Cliff fan personally. Red River, you know, Howard <laughs> yeah. Hawks. And by the way, his, we're gonna his, have to cover Red River now. His, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Montgomery Cliff's one of his last films. Yeah, he made only like like two after this or something oh, really? like that. Really? Mm-hmm. So yeah, kind of a, two or three. Yeah, uh,
1: almost a surreal, uh, you know, crossroads uh, of a lot of actors' lives. So coming out at, at this this kind of oddball film, while we covered primarily comedic roles for Monroe, uh, her early career. was... Was peppered with these dramatic roles, and I'm very happy to say this is a return to force. I did not watch Niagara or maybe some of those sprinklings of uh, good dramatic roles that she was in, uh, but uh, in this, uh, she completely removed is the breathy voice, the flirty voice, the sheer just being a sex symbol, the uh, the Megan Fox syndrome, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to her being in pr- included in films, and uh, I think that makes me very happy, and and and. Why was really ecstatic to see that she was able to get the roles that clearly she had the range for, and boy, does she have a lot of range in here. Um, Moreau plays a newly divorced woman wandering and kind of looking for a purpose. It is set in the Reno uh, rodeo scene, so we get a little bit of rodeo action, we get a little bit of uh, kind of a commentary of... Uh, the Long Gong days of the cowboy, uh, actually, like ranch type of uh, a ranch type of setting to it. Uh, throughout the film, she slowly collects a kind of a group of new friends, uh, similar drifters, and we kind of follow a new chapter in all of their lives. Um, really, not a straightforward drama. Uh, if anything, why I kind of knock this, and I'll definitely return to this, is that it does feel a little bit directionless. We will go to a scene of feels like know, what are we focusing on hmm. and a conversation and dialogue will be born from a mundane scene that the characters share a their perspective on life or their philosophy on something and and the the dramatic huh. scenes are kind of built from there that
0: sounds very modern yeah that sounds very like big hitting director almost yeah
1: absolutely uh, it, it, it was an interesting film and well, uh, before
0: we sat down I told you I watched the master and had a Paul <laughs> Thomas Anderson weekend and it's just like it's a lot Talky, a lot of talky. Yeah, talky. A, lot of talky. <laughs> a lot of like, what are we doing here? Yeah, right. I'm having a conversation. <laughs>
1: yep, yep. So maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe this is in that way. Um kind, uh, I can't exactly say like a hangout film like a Tarantino would refer to as, because it's not really it, the, the dialogue definitely has a purpose. It's yeah, trying yeah. to like unpack topics. You're not having like a
0: good time with these characters. Yeah. You're still watching that Exactly. You're still, okay. Yeah. So but when you say directionless, it, is it just also a little bit confused. Even coming out of it, mm-hmm. was it like, okay, this was not necessary. This was not necessary.
1: Oh, for sure. And and especially how it ends dramatically as well, or rather lack of dramatic. It just kind of fizzles. Um, so the
0: dialogue was important, but not really?
1: It's more about kind of giving us a, a peer into these drifters' lives, uh, the lessons they picked up along the ways, okay. and then kind of mashing them character between character. And, and again, that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I think, unfortunately, I'm a little bit uh, not as positive on recommending this one because while the dialogues, once we're in them, once we finally stumble our way into it, are they interesting? Absolutely. Oh, okay. uh, is it a window into maybe some of the the less explored, more downtrodden feelings of early sixties? Uh, I found that it would be a very interesting window into those type of perspectives that we wouldn't necessarily see highlighted in Hollywood film. You know, yeah, definitely. In many ways, it felt very indie. Uh, it is also no mystery that The Misfits it was a colossal commercial failure uh, and also a critical failure at the time. So, uh, you know, Clark Gable, Monroe, and and the others, uh, they're, they're putting a lot into these dramatic kind of dialogues and definitely studying probably a lot about what where their characters and what their characters are bringing to the scene. But, yeah, this was easily forgotten uh, and, and really never paid attention to, even in its days. So, really? God, yeah. you just
0: think it's the actors would draw them in regardless.
1: Exactly, exactly. Three
0: big actors. Maybe, well, actually, more than three, but yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe Gable at that time was old hat. Was uh, like like on 61. his way out. Yeah, you know, like, oh, we're going to see the old man, you know. Marilyn but...
0: still is still crushing it. I yeah, mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, 59 was some like it hot. I mean, you know, it's she two died late young, late. so, exactly. yeah.
1: It's two years later, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. So I, I think it was just, again, it was it was almost this kind of indie type of uh, feel to the film uh, and interesting for that reason, but it's a little bit of an oddball and just a little bit hard for how it's structured. Um, like I said, that structure is presenting these different perspectives on life. Um, we'll walk into a scene, does not have much focus, uh, and then characters kind of tackle different viewpoints. I mean, these topics include love, divorce, uh, work and leisure. One of those things. Uh, one one of the aspects that I mentioned that was kind of a an interesting peer into maybe a mindset of an early sixties ranch hand was he. There, there's a certain pridefulness about not working under wage, and they keep on bringing this up. I'm like, huh, okay, and, and almost to the point that that's kind of the the dramatic close on the film that you know, they, they're they going to have to hang up the cowboy hat and maybe get a normal job. And it was like, oh, wow, interesting. it doesn't really it's... seem too odd for right. <laughs> you and I in have jobs. <laughs> right yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's interesting. Uh, hopes and dreams, getting older. I mean, a lot of topics are tackled here. And, and, and folks, I mean, if, if you're interested in kind of maybe taking this slow... This slow burn kind of window into this 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 thinking or the these character perspectives. I mean, that's where my recommendation lies. But it's definitely not into the oh, you gotta see the misfits. You can't believe what's gonna happen in this story. If anything,
0: nothing. Not happens. a lot. Of story. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, probably the, the, the biggest dramatical, dramatic element is going to the rodeo and just seeing the rodeo. Nothing, nothing really happens at the rodeo, but they have conversations at the rodeos. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and nearly everyone she interacts with has some sort of trauma that they are working through in the film. I have to be honest, I mean, most of the runtime, I was really just wondering where things were going, but understand that the drama is built slowly and it is about testing the character's assumptions about life. You know, there is a mashing of, or the conflict, if you will, is them being on two sides of the tracks, right? In, okay. In, in a nutshell, so uh, there's a bittersweetness to Monroe's character here as well. I mean, her somberness has a kind of a surreal element to it. It's foreboding for her real life bouts of depression and and obviously where her life uh, life goes uh, within the same year or a year later. I forget exactly the year, but um, uh, I think it is a fascinating watch for that reason. I think this is the the. Best chance we have at seeing Marilyn as an actress and not Marilyn as an icon. I, I, you know, really walked away with appreciating watching these films sequentially to see that development. Uh, And again, like I said, uh, brownie points towards me. Uh, The uh, (laughs) these are great. Actually, Misfits is the only one that's not in Blonde, but uh, the other three films are like heavily focused on. Which is weird because
0: it's her last film. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. there's a
1: huge time jump in Blonde and they don't cover this section, which I think could have been cool. If anything, it it fits what the objective of the film is. Right, right. Uh, But without a doubt, her best performance and emotional range uh, to boot... I think uh, with these diverse topics, the film leans heavily on what she can bring to the scene. And maybe, you know, there are some areas where the sex appeal is in certain parts, but mostly we have turned a 180 in the style of roles she has. And and the few scenes that are brought up in Misfits that are for the sex appeal, if anything, it's for her kind of maybe testing her assumptions around what men want her for or something like that. It's for the dramatic story and it's for her perspective. And, and growing in this new chapter. But this is by no means a bad to film. I just found it wasn't too engaging uh, engaging is again you know where the hell is this going kind of kind of feeling as you're watching each of the scenes play out so it all comes down to uh, if, if you if you aren't having much story direction uh, are you enjoying the time that you're spending with the characters the hangout aspect of it if you will uh, I was I think this one is hard to recommend for that reason though because uh, it really isn't an electric and uh, again to the very end of the film yeah almost unceremoniously it just like kind of ends out of nowhere uh, and you know to a certain extent that's kind of the point of the film but yeah uh, it's it's just it's just not that it's not that entertaining <laughs> 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 it's, it's, it's not what you think out of a 61 film and certainly not with this much star power so performance wise is where I would recommend this movie though I was grateful to see Monroe at her dramatic peak uh, but I feel the Structure struggles to have any resolution. Just how these misfits struggle to deal with these topics within their lives. We're going to go ahead and give the misfits a 62. Okay, 62, not bad. Uh, You know what it reminded me of? Power the Dog.
0: Oh, where everyone had
1: kind of hidden trauma and it slowly gets unraveled a little bit and and the ranch wow. aspects.
0: I'd love to go back to see mm-hmm. where you got, Power of the Dog. Yeah, I don't know. Because I think it would be around a 62.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe a little bit
0: more because it looked beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But, but man, uh, okay, all right, so 62. These are all kind of, you know, 56, 55, 62. They're all meandering in a certain spot on yes. the daily ratings. that's tough. Yes. Because again, we, we, we talked about it last week where... Not a bad film. Mm-hmm. Very difficult to be excited and to recommend. Yeah, exactly. so it's like, what do you kind of do? You know, view as on, on your will, on your own exactly. will, kind of deal.
1: I think, I think the 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 skin in the game. If uh, folks at home, you decide to watch some of these, is again for Marilyn's progression as an actress. And you know, I believe me, I am no stranger to watching a film just for the study of film of mm-hmm. it. Sure, you know, though these are maybe some lackluster scores, I really did enjoy watching the progression of all I, these yes. films. It was fascinating to me.
0: And I think for. a lot of people that enjoy the show and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think they too would even just be interested in going back mm-hmm. and going through kind of her catalog a little bit. Yeah. Her last, last film. Well, it's a it, short, This right? was, well, yeah, it, she, they were filming it, then she got fired, and then she oh, got she rehired, got- and then she got then she passed away during mm. the filming of it, but mm. they turned it into like a 37 minute short or something like oh, that. Wow, interesting. Uh, and Dino Dean Martin was going to be. Uh, oh, really? The, the, the lead role, yeah. Wow. But this wow. is like you said, her her actual true last yeah. film film. Yeah. And at a 62 for the Misfits, uh, directed by John Huston. Okay. okay. John Huston also did uh, Moby Dick that you actually enjoyed quite really? a bit. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Wow. I don't know how I didn't catch that. Because yeah. I was really looking at all these directors. Again, fascination well, of Hawks aside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? I was
0: Back like, then, These uh, the amount of credits to all of these names. It's insane. It's wild. But okay. All right. 62 for The Misfits. All right, Vince. So before we go to our last film, the now playing in theaters. Uh, kind of in theaters. The, the now playing film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, We just want to go ahead and thank the producers uh, who make this, uh, who make the show happen and keep it going. And we do have a producer for today, and Joseph Moskowitz came in. Oh, Joe Moss! Joe Joe Moss came in with fifty-one bucks for us, which is great. And uh, let's see what he said here. Joe said, 51 episodes, a great number and huge accomplishment. Wow. Hey, thanks, Joe. Uh, I enjoy tuning in every week. I can't help but be compelled to go see a movie and follow along with Vin's notes. Oh, That's great. Certainly makes any watch more enjoyable and shines a nice light into the art that is filmmaking. Tom does a great job of steering the conversation and getting the best out of it. Thanks, Joe. Great job. Turn the mics on. Great job to you both. That's right. I come in, that's exactly right. (laughs) Turn the mics on and just make sure we're good to go. Uh, Joe, thank you so much. 51, yeah, obviously donated last, you know, during the week and everything like that. Uh, We appreciate you saying that. And that's what's cool. And I've said this multiple times where are you getting, you know, the past year... Have you found yourselves into film a little bit? A more? A dollar
1: episode, I like that. Do you it's get? Odd. Oh, that's
0: a great. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it's it. It's good. A buck a also, show.
1: Can't wait until uh, <laughs>
0: four digits episodes. I guess we're gonna so and so donated a grand. You know? And that's what we're kind of saying, folks. So, uh, well, okay. So first off, Joe, you're the executive producer of episode fifty two. Uh, that's awesome, and you produce for the daily ratings, which we appreciate so much. And it's just that thing of you know doing this and people who are listening and everything like that and engaging it gets you a little bit excited about film mm-hmm. and then you're going like he said he's following along with your notes and watching a film agreeing disagreeing on things sure, probably sure. but it gets you invested in the film a little bit in film in general And I think, it's, I think it's a blast I know I've been enjoying film a lot more in the past year and a half and mm-hmm. two years since we've really you know got this yeah. kicking off and Absolutely. everything on our end but um, it, it's just a blast and for folks at home you know, we're 52 in. We're having a lot of fun. We can't wait for the fifty, next 52 and the 52 <laughs> after that. Uh, you know, it takes a lot of time for us to be doing this and the setup to, to do this and everything like for that. For sure. For sure. It is a lot. And so it's a good time, but it would be nice. Uh, it, it's like we said... Those producers are what is going to keep this going. Yeah, you know, keep and us. Also,
1: hearing the the engagement is what keeps us going. It's you nice. Know what I mean? yeah,
0: yeah, if it was just you and I talking. Yeah. Well, that's what we did. We did that for <laughs> four years, four and a half, five years, <laughs> no, even. Oh, for sure, for sure. Before we started the podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're fifty-two shows in. Like, but at still, that's six hundred. What are we at now? Yeah, Two hundred and sixty on yeah. audio. On audio. And well over eight hundred on the site, just yeah. total. So, yeah, which they've... is quite. Gaining quite a decent catalog.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, all all
0: these other film guys and podcasts that will spend an hour and a half on a film or an hour or something Mm -hmm. like that, spoiling the entire thing. Mm -hmm. We just do things a little bit differently, and uh, we kind of like our system the way it's been going. It's nice, and... You know, no spoilers is nice, because you can literally listen and figure out, okay, am I into this or not?
1: I actually thought about it the other day. I was uh, fiddling around. Uh, Tom makes fun of me because I use a, a defunct pod, uh, podcast app. Oh that my no God. one <laughs> Probably, like, Russian bots use it or Although something. Although, watch
0: <laughs> the statistics. Somebody, there's a few other people, yeah. I will say. I'm shocked with the percentage that that app actually takes, yeah. but...
1: But I, I thought about the other day, just trying to scramble, even with our time notes or something like mm-hmm. that, if there was a spoiler section or something like that, it's, I think it's a bad listening experience to have that type of, uh, you know, especially with yeah. a podcast where it's kind of set it and forget it, kind of, you know, you put it in the background or something
0: like that. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And that's just the big thing. It's it's just people are going to listen to this on their way, you know, while they're working, on their mm-hmm. way into work. Mm-hmm. And it's, a lot of it is, hey, should I watch this movie or not? Or this movie just came out, what do I do? And I don't know if spoilers were in there anywhere. It's just you ha- go listen to the dozens of other film podcasts <laughs> that will talk to about the movies in nauseam Yep, and spoil everything. Yeah. You know? oh,
1: and even if they give a spoiler warning, like you know, trying to scramble. to Oh, change. oh, yeah, absolutely,
0: just, absolutely. Yeah. So. And, it, and it's five a week. You know, we're building the numbers quick on our catalogs, mm-hmm. unlike really unlike anyone else. <laughs> it's like I said, anyone so else watching five a week. Props are props are, just... are due for you, Finn, on that because it is. It's a lot. It's but in a, it it in a matter of 50 50- <laughs> but in a matter of one year 260 films oh, yeah. up is is pretty damn good I'd say
1: yeah absolutely but but that is to say uh, thank you all so much for listening we we do it for you uh, and, and we couldn't do it without you
0: absolutely so. and you specifically Joe Moss for this episode 51 mm-hmm. uh bucks I mean it's 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 huge and like Vince said a buck an episode uh, if that's what you got out of it
1: fantastic it literally,
0: it's literally fantastic yeah. it, it's it's fantastic and anyone who wants to go ahead and donate become a producer as well uh, go to the donations tab on the daily ratings.com. you write a note just like Joe did today and uh, and we'll read it here on air uh, we're completely producer supported it's a value for value model if you're getting value from any of this if you can just send some our way as well back some value so we appreciate it so much for 52 now with that Vim we're going to keep things going here this is the much-anticipated, much-talked-about... Mm. A doozy. Yes, a doozy indeed. I'm excited to hear about. I, unfortunately, was not able to finish it. In t- I, I, you I, watched some. Yes. I wanted to finish in time, maybe give it Tommy Two Shoes, or just have some <laughs> a back and, you know, a little bit Do of... a follow-up. Toss it back and forth, yeah. <laughs> Circle
1: Which, back with Tommy Two I don't
0: know, the rules, I don't know. <laughs> oh, There's yeah. tight rules for the Tommy Two Shoes. <laughs> Regardless, this is Blonde. It's the Netflix original. It's <laughs> NC-17, which is what a lot of the talk about yes, is that it got yes. worse than a rated R rating. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you want to set this film up. Okay, yeah. But you go ahead. How was Blonde? How was Anna de Armas? Yeah. And how was the NC-17? Uh,
1: let me, yeah, let me, let me settle in because this is a doozy. I want, I want this to be, uh, I don't know, more, more relaxed kind of review because I mean, this film. Is challenging. Uh, it is is it's different. Um, it's it's challenging both for the intensity of what's put at you on screen. Uh, I think it's challenging for the expectations of a netflix watch <laughs> i think this is yeah. uh, almost outlandish that someone could just stumble into this film and, on netflix not in a, not that i, I think I was, the film is terrible but it's just like i was I don't surprised
0: know. after clicking play mm-hmm. there wasn't another warning or another oh, yes. like you had to do a double click i 100% agree. i was kind of shocked at it yeah. Yeah. but at the same time i we i have been we've been waiting for serious, decent content to come to Netflix. It's true. It's been a lot of just poopy yeah. Just movies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of just shovel, shovel
0: movies. Did so. you watch this? Did you get a chance to watch this more than once?
1: Yes. Uh, okay. watched it twice. Uh, second Watch was Six more so- Yeah, Yeah, I know. And then I was f- thinking about doing uh, uh, <laughs> Some Like It Hot for a second time as well. Oh, is that <laughs> to, right? To give it a rough I didn't do it, so-
0: Two, two hours uh, and 46 minutes. What journey does this take on?
1: Uh, well, it feels like five hours uh, right <laughs> off the bat. Um, more so because the editing here is stream of conscious. Uh, we don't really see any type of day in the life or normalcy to... I mean, it jumps around tragic event to tragic event to tragic event to uh, highlight of her career to highlight of her career. You know, I mean, it, there, there's almost... No fat, not in my usual note of right. no fat. There's no fat to story beats itself. Uh, we don't like, for instance, we're not seeing like her wake up routine or anything like that. We are jumping it's from snapshots every- oh, yeah.
0: of of just the most pivotal things. Yeah, it's based on the a book, correct?
1: Uh yes, fictional account. I, I don't have a lot of notes on this, but you maybe maybe it's a good point to talk about it now. I mean, the outrage of this movie is in multiple directions. There's outrage on the rating. There's outrage yep. on the accuracy from Monroe fans yeah. and, and, and uh, I guess, film they're, historians. they were already pissed at the book. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. People are mad about the depiction uh, itself. People are mad about just... What kind of movie? I mean, this is not a, your average biopic type of mm-hmm. film. Yeah, no, This is something out there. Andrew, I think that's actually a perfect bridge. Let's talk about the director a little bit. Andrew Dominic uh, is such a unique director. I think even with this one included, I'm coming out and I, I, I really enjoy him as a director. I mean, he's oh, okay. quite unique. Uh, I mean, we look at Assassination of Jesse James. We covered on the podcast. It's a seriously odd cowboy movie. Uh, you look at *Kill 'Em Softly, uh, a seriously odd mafia movie, and boy, let mm, me tell so you, this is a seriously odd biopic. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is not your triumphant, oh man, what an icon this person was. I mean, it was this is was was like, not I was, your Sparks. Was, your sparks right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Good callback. Uh, this is down bad. This is feeling bad <laughs> for what feels like five hours. And uh, I will talk about tone or in a little bit, but after watching this, I can safely say he has really never compromised on his own style, and I really want to give hats off to Dominic as director. I mean... If I'm left with one word to describe his filmography so far is melancholic and we are one film away from covering all of his films uh, on the on the on the ratings. Yeah. So Killing them know. softly, right? uh, kill, uh no, Did he has one 2009 it is rated. We didn't we didn't, cover uh, it on we didn't put audio
0: to it. That's right. Okay.
1: Uh, but uh I believe it's called The Closer or just Closer yeah. uh, in 2009. So uh, that's definitely a watch in the coming weeks because uh, I really do like, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know, just for my own kind of collecting mindset. Of, uh, I think it's what we all want. It's what I want. Yeah, yeah. knocking, knocking all, all the directors' films out. Mm-hmm, for sure. So. How his other films were cast I mean they were definitely all very rated R very uh, violence was slow but intense Uh, I think a perfect example of that if we go back to our assassination of Jesse James uh, review Uh, his other films were in NC-17 though and let me tell you folks he achieves this rating brutally I really mean that word specifically brutally it is it is <laughs> NC17 be- with the roughest way it could get to NC17. Right. 17. And it
0: isn't because it's a porno. No. Which is so often what you get yes. with NC17. Or when you see NC17. You
1: think it's SARF Core. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Exactly. Showgirls type stuff or something like
1: yeah. that. Yeah. And, and again, great callback. More than, more than I'm turning li- on the mics. I listen to the podcast.
0: <laughs> I turn it on the mics. I say, anyway, I listen. I
1: think it's a pretty good product. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that, you know, that automatically. Yes. It's a huge turn off to audiences. Yeah, I mean, it's the dreaded Th- score, you Th- know,
1: and that's that's even where I bring up this kind of Netflix factor. It's like it's just someone like some frat bros could turn this on, and be like, "Oh, you see her, you see her!" Right, right, right. You know, uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're walking away real sad.
0: <laughs> it's a sad <laughs> movie. Uh, but walk away going, we should call my mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should call our moms. <laughs>
1: yeah. This slight melancholy, this sadness that is in most of his films is really just dialed up to be almost unpleasant uh, to watch in ways. This film really challenges you uh, in how much uh, tragedy there is to it. Uh, the first 20 minutes is a barrage of, I would say, hyper intense scenes that. I said, what am I in for? <laughs> I mean, uh, especially just like even almost too down to the 20-minute mark, I found myself pausing and saying, it's not 20 minutes yet. Like, <laughs> I was just getting used to the editing style. And, and yeah, I, I just, I, I really didn't find myself agreeing. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I really did find myself agreeing with the rating, though. This is beyond rated R. This film is kind of a a fire hose of, of very intense, very mature story beats. And, and in ways it's even horrific without being a horror. So uh I was kind of walking away with this and it was like I was feeling guilty that we weren't starting first episode in October with with a horror, you know, yeah. horror film. Guess what? It's it's the secret horror is blonde. So <laughs> Annie de Anna depictions of Monroe reminds me Slightly of what we saw with 2021's being the Ricardos in that the depiction of Lucille Ball in that was so drastically different than her on-screen presence uh, that you got some haters of the movie. Overall, it's just kind of a shock that you're saying, oh, wow, we're really seeing... A different side of this. It reminds me a lot of being Ricardos in the sense that there's a hyperfixation that the film has to make the character much more intellectual than we would even lead on to be, to maybe combat some of this this um this, you know, how she's being cast. Sure, you know, sure. To actually contrast it within the film.
0: Now, were you surprised by this? Because you, you had to figure that there's more, you know, more off-screen than on-screen with her, and that Absolutely. there's more of a person there.
1: And if anything, the focus of why studying her acting roles right. and how that development. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I you know, it just it just reminded me that it was kind of clock to 11. I mean, she goes into an audition and she's like quoting a playwright, then she walks away and the producer's like, look at that ass, you know. It's almost a little cartoonish in how much they, mm. they try to clock up the intellectualism. Again, I have no problem with it. Right. It's more so, I think it kind of meshes poorly. It feels, again, it feels almost identical to what I said yeah, in yeah. Ricardo's. It's just like there's they are jumping the hoops to make sure that, oh, this is not the character you know.
0: And De Armes delivering on all that.
1: I think so. Uh, there's a lot of talk in the naysayers of this film that she does a terrible Monroe. I think she does a decent Monroe. Uh, and I come from this watching four movies in a row to got yeah. to, to gotta get a heads or tails of that. I think I, the really what's going to really work for some people is, I mean, Anna De Armas has a very strong uh, Spanish accent. so. Yeah. Uh, that does come out. And especially in the moments of intensity, it kind of just it sounds breaks. like they are Yeah, yeah, so, yeah.
0: Um, I will say, so I think I'm an hour and 20 in or something like okay. that. And I'm kind of impressed with it, I will say. But what's funny, you you kind of talking about her stage voice in those first few films where it's yep. just like, oh, oh like yep, the soft yep. toys. Mm-hmm. She's very that, Yes, would you yes. say? Yep. She's taking that stage voice that maybe you recognize in those mm-hmm. films, it seems like. And did she sound like that off stage? Was she that soft spoken and know. kind of
1: yeah uh, you know yeah flirty, wispy in her voice, you know it
0: 'cause that's dialed up too, I would say,
1: yeah, I think there may be a commentary that she has to put on that voice because she's upcoming in Hollywood, mm. you know uh, you've watched a couple of the 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 opening minutes, but part of that is you know. Uh, commentary on how yucky and, and and gross and creepy Hollywood can be. So, right.
0: So it's almost like Marilyn Monroe became a certain thing, and now she had to play mm-hmm. that certain thing, yeah, or on sp- and off stage.
1: I I think that hits the the point of the film uh, directly. That yeah. that uh, Norma Jean became Marilyn Monroe. Right. Right. Uh, so uh, you know just how she dyed her hair blonde. You know, what I mean that that's really the through line here. Another thing that this drastically reminds me of uh, is. Uh, Of the same year, 2021, Spencer, where uh, there is a psychological outlook. There is a lens that we are looking through that portrays this character as broken. Uh, Where Spencer, that was only slightly, and we saw how much flack that film got from Princess Diana fans. This film's flack Mm. is, once again, I mean... Monroe is portrayed to be severely broken, almost to the point of having severe mental issues, yeah. uh, hereditary mental issues. So I think, uh, oddly enough, uh, if if you are a fan of Monroe uh, and wanted to see this as, oh, wow, it's finally... Marilyn Monroe's chance as a bi- as a big biopic, you know, big, you know, Oscar nominated, sure. you know, type of film. I don't know if this is for you. Uh, this is a whole different beast. I liked this movie, but it was a whole different beast. You know, this is not, you know, what you expect out of this. Uh, Monroe, like I said, is depicted to have significant medical issues. Uh, let me repeat that: significant <laughs> medical <laughs> issues in this film. Some scenes will come along, and my jaw was on the floor for how shocking they were. <laughs> 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 really? Uh yeah. Uh to the point of being surreal on uh, some points. Okay. I think a great example of this, none of the mental issues, but uh there's an early sex scene that you probably will have seen mm-hmm. uh with, with Hollywood socialites that she she has. Uh I think that's a good example of how certain scenes are portrayed, much more surreal than any kind of biopic would normally be. Uh and I give credit to to Dominic as maybe making a tastefulness to the NC17 in that way. Uh, in other ways, though, again, he achieves this rating brutally, and brutally is in—what's in those sites are Monroe's mental stability, uh, and it yeah, is, it was, I was, it's
0: tough It to was watch. surprising to see almost the lack of nudity in the film. <laughs> right, right. Because of the—you just you equate ex- NC-17 yeah. with nudity. That's Where, just how yeah. that's how it is. And because there is there is sex in the movie, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like you said, it's oddly done— at least for what I saw, some of the scenes were just like, okay, that was, I guess, tastefully done. I mean, yeah, one yeah. was just like kind of mm-hmm. a rapey scene, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like outrageous like some other classic almost rape scenes that you get that are right, very right. brutal.
1: That would be putting in your face. That would use the NC-17 right. as an Exca- excuse. Exactly right, exactly right. Where, uh, again, I mean, I don't know if it, it was his, it was his outcome or, or desired outcome to get an NC-17 he was reading. No, no, no.
0: Oh. He was pissed. They were all upset oh, really? about it. Oh, really? He okay. was not happy about it. She came out against it. She was like, she disagreed with it, and he was very yeah. Wow. Yeah, not happy that it got an NC-17.
1: Well, like I said, I'm not going to, you know, I I like him as a director, but I'm not going to backtrack. I do think this is NC-17. And again, it's not because of nudity. It's not because of sexual tones. It is because of very intense, mature scenes. Content, yeah. Mature story beats like this should not be watched by a child yeah. <laughs> you know this will affect a child in, a, in probably a bad way uh, an interesting quality that I was really hyper focused on in the whole film was um, that there's a visuals constantly swapping between black and white and color Uh, and a variety of different aspect ratios, Uh, not even just like a letterbox or a 4x3, just all over the map, and I was just racking my brain the entire time watching this film of what this meant to the story, but apparently these changes were... significant to the look of certain photos or source videos or source photos of Monroe Uh. Uh, and I I make a note of it because I was if anything I needed to watch it again because I was just so just so focused on right, why are we going black and white here does this mean something to Monroe you know but it's not necessarily a critique uh, again in the the theme of of all my reviews of trying to guide your watching to this uh, and, and give the most favorable outcome to your watching experience experience. It's, you know, uh, see it as a style, don't see it as substance. So the runtime, I would say, is another big note. Honestly, it just felt like five hours to me. Um, This stream of conscious editing, I like a lot because we bounce around to the most important beats of Monroe's life, to the point that there's a section in the film that we go from seven years itch to something like it hot. And I was just like, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. That's good. Uh, That's definitive really good. watch list. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no joke. I mean, uh, like I said earlier in the beginning, um, we don't see a day to day or some sort of even not, not even in a bad way, a filler scene or some sort of bridging scene. Uh, it is, it is just right to the most important moments. And you could say, well, I mean, that sounds like pretty good. I mean, I'm, I'm here to watch the Monroe story right. it better be the most important times in their lives I think it just has a effect on the film in combination with how much tragedy is in the film and, and the outlook being only tragedy that the film has a, a a grinding to a halt type of quality to it oh that's uh, interesting uh, it just uh
0: is it, cause, is it just because it beats you over the head with it? With like the baseball bat, basically? <laughs> yes. Where it almost comes mundane?
1: Uh, not mundane, no. Uh, because again, I, I, I don't think there was a single moment in these films that when these traumatic or when these tragic scenes come up, my mm-hmm. jaw wasn't on the floor. Right, uh, okay. It, instead, it was, there was no kind of rest. There was no, okay, all right, oh. I get to kind of relax. You know, okay. it, we, we are There's always... no life raft. You're <laughs> right. Exactly. Right, right. There's no respite to the scenes. It's just one after another, agony over agony. And, you know, in some ways I, I respect it, and that's kind of the whole point yep. of the film. So there's a, a kind of an artistic element to that. Uh, at the same time it puts me in a very difficult position because would I even even remotely call this film enjoyable? No. Right. Because it was agony. It's it an experience. Yeah, yeah, it's an experience.
0: Yeah. Uh, so. but that being said, is there fat that really cut?
1: I don't know. Um, if anything, I, I I wish they would have just gone for the three because there's a weird jump in time that we jump right to mm, sixty two right. after some like it hot, uh, and we don't touch on misfits and we don't touch on maybe some other very important moments in in the closing kind know, of days of her life. Yeah. So uh, the runtime there is just again maybe it's perfectly illustrated in you breaking up the film <laughs> into two watch yeah. watch sessions. <laughs> you know, maybe that, that's just kind of a real talk there. So luxury of watching it on netflix i guess so take it take it for what it's worth i I would say uh, i'm gonna have to just gonna be a little bit more casual on this one because i'm really torn on what the rating is i think at at heights Uh, I compare this movie almost, not not in ways that it is as great, but in ways it reminds me of Raging Bull, uh, in the sense that it is all tragedy. Right, okay. Um, In ways, I think this film on a negative is a slog and just repeats an onslaught of agony for nearly three hours. Then that doesn't even... Come close to touching the creed of liberties taken to depict Monroe in such a severe light. and I really mean severe light. How how her mental illness manifests itself mm-hmm. and almost kind of sneaks it way sneaks its way into scenes uh, is shocking. Sometimes it's really tough to recommend in that way, but it is also beautifully heartbreaking. And relentless in its depiction of mental illness and wonderfully surreal in its filmmaking in times, which was totally unexpected once again for a biopic. Yeah. You know what I mean? This could have been really cookie cutter stuff. This was the first film that I cried to on the podcast. No. I don't, I don't know if it was the episode 52 is getting me teary. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, how many movies? 260? <laughs> how many? Really? Yeah, just towards the end it just got me. Uh and I think it was just because I was exhausted. I was worn <laughs> the hell down by this this misery of a movie. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, but that that's really the truth of it. And that's why I kinda wanted to, you know, just more have a kind of relaxed approach because I think my margin for error of where my rating for this movie is has a big margin for, you know, there's a big variance to if this movie could hit for you or not. I think my pitch for this is that this film has, it is a biopic for Marilyn Monroe, but it is specifically through the lens of being distinctly cruel uh, and kind of kicking you while you're down over and over and over and over again. (laughs) Uh, If that sounds good to you folks at home, guess what? I got the movie recommendation. (laughs) You're in luck. Uh, I'm extremely torn on this because I think at a high could give it low 80s, uh, because I really do think the filmmaking and and, the, and again, it is an experience, there's yeah. artistic qualities to this film, yeah. Uh, I think at a low though, I could very easily see someone, even myself, walking away with this and calling this like a 33, you know,
0: really. Oh, yeah, your range is that and you watch it that big after watching it twice.
1: That was that big. Now, granted, I'll be honest, the, the second rewatch was more so. Again, kind of going back to these black and white okay. scenes and these switches, the editing. I was like, much right, me- more
0: studying of. Yes the shooting of the film and exactly. the, the film itself. Because okay. I
1: somehow kind of doubted even the director saying that it didn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, uh, but yeah, that, that was much more of a kind of a study element of okay. this. And um,
0: This was the most challenging though, would you say? Yeah, this was... This, I would say
1: of 2022, definitely the most challenging film that I watched. This wow. beats out Crimes of the Future. Because y- you look at something like love it. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Crimes of the Future. Oh, yeah, I was in love with it. Exactly. Crimes of the Future, I could stand by and say this is new sci-fi. There's a reason why you watch this. And this is... It's like, well, do you feel like being miserable? Right. <laughs> do yeah. you feel like seeing a really rough depiction of uh, a woman's well, mental Ill- illness? Would you? you know? How would
0: you compare this to mass?
1: mass? Mass was a little bit more tasteful. That NC Seventeen is brutally achieved. Uh, the the film yeah. holds almost emotionally achieved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The film almost needs to hold some punches in some ways. Mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. like it. It is a a a slave to its own severe light that it's shining on Marilyn Monroe in the sense that they don't celebrate her wins at all. A perfect example of this early on in the film is she's actually watching, I think it's "Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Crowd is laughing at a joke and she's like looking at the other the other crowd members in like disgust and like, oh, you find that funny? You know, there's, mm. there's no celebration of the wins and that again, the comparisons to Spencer, the comparisons to being Ricardo, that's really where it comes up that there's... The film's priority is this psychological deep dive into the woman behind the icon. And that's fine. This one does it the most drastically, though. Okay. Oddly enough, I think it is probably my favorite out of the three. So, (laughs) (laughs) again, I'm real torn on this one. I'm real torn. Closing notes is again hopefully this long winded discussion of it can kind of help you navigate it I mean folks it, you know I always am kind of giving you reasons on where this would be a niche watch for some people. I feel like this much is much more of a kind of a trigger warning if you are not looking for something intense if you're not looking for something challenging. Artsy, you know, not run of the mill. You know, (laughs) this is not like uh, I just got my food, got to put something on Netflix, right, (laughs) right, (laughs) time to watch. This is where I think those lower ends uh, of that very wide range of scores I gave. That's where it's going to hit. But I was really provoked, challenged by this film. But I really am walking away with, I think, Dominic did a wonderful job as as creating a possibly the most unique and possibly the most relentless type of outlook to a, a biopic. Oh, boy. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we <laughs> are going to go ahead and give Blonde a 75.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you thought it was going to be South 50? No, 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 I didn't. I think that's it's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. 75, but I think that's a clean score. And I think yeah. from what I've seen so far... Like I said, I am an hour and twenty in at least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I think that's fair. I was kind of liking it. Yeah. Not that I was like sitting there enjoying sure, it, but sure. like I was liking it. Yeah. I will say I don't I probably shouldn't talk about it really, well, because I'm only so far in.
1: Listen, I am that's a unique perspective. I, I would definitely give it to the end because there's a compounding factor of how much tragedies yes. are overlayed. I, I think you know? starting
0: it over would be huge. Yeah. yeah because yeah. I'm really just trying to go for it. Yeah. I think seventy five is fine. It's it's higher than other than most other critics, and I like that. Oh, yeah. Because I have been... We can end with that. I mean, this is getting torn apart. Uh, Well, here's my main question. Do you think that this film should have been made? If it's on a fictional Hmm. telling on a book Mm -hmm. or from a book, is it important to get this film made? Are we really learning about Marilyn Monroe or is this lies? I don't know. Is, I, so are we just watching this as another or, fake yeah, story? Or
1: is the, are these mental qualities, these mental illness qualities, blown out of proportion for dramatic beats in the film? Uh, I think it's a very good question. Yeah. Um,
0: Should we just watch... I th- <laughs> I you don't want to say the comparison I was about to make. <laughs> well, no, no, do it. Well, like, you know, is this like watching Tombstone? <laughs> Is it really the real Wyatt, er- <laughs> the real Wyatt <laughs> Earp story? You know, is it really Wyatt Earp? You, you Herb? know, but we watch cowboy
1: it. comparisons are how we are going to get <laughs> the ratings across to people. You know, it is not a Tombstone,
0: <laughs> but I think it might be. Tombstone doesn't well, tell real Wyatt Earp and a Wyatt Earp like I this. Wish
1: Tombstone was this intense. I, I
0: but you know, but what I'm saying is not intensity as far as depiction of the character. Um, Dude, can we really even call this a proper biopic? Just like Tombstone is not a proper <laughs> biopic of Wyatt Earp. And Doc Holliday. Uh, it's not that problem, you know what I mean? Do
1: you know what I mean? I do. I do. I would stick more so with the trend of Spencer and being Ricardos, though, because okay. there's kind of a okay. building uh, subgenre here of the psychological looks of women. You know, uh, women be the the women behind the icon.
0: But would you agree with me that being with the being with the Ricardos was actually trying to get more of the accurate depiction? Of this the wasn't interested in being accurate. This was being. It's as far as accurate usable. to the person, it was it was dedicated to being accurate to the book, I yeah, believe. Yeah. And from what I've been reading about it. Sure, sure. I have been reading a decent amount about it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's why I'm just like, what's the importance of this film then? There's a lot of weight behind this.
1: I think the importance is the artistic vision that Dominic put out there. Because it is uh, an experience, you know what I mean? But you still... I'll pick okay. aside, uh, Dominic is communicating something with his sadness, you know what I mean? I don't think he just uh, said, okay, and we have no fun, happy moments to do to right, right. this, you know what I mean? I think... Um, his his outlook is is specific and that that's really where i mean what's what's going to crack it into the 70 and then also kind of prevent it from the 80 for me mm-hmm. if i'm yeah. going to break it down uh is that i was walking away and saying there was an immense amount of care put into that was that care maybe directed towards a very harsh spotlight on monroe mm-hmm. sure but I definitely came away with being affected by what they were trying to communicate artistically. Uh, it's a bit over the head. It's a bit uh, kicking you while you're down constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the same way, like I said, I mean, in no ways is, the, is this the height of Raging Bull. But that's what I give credit to Raging Bull about, that it's this... It's this conflict in the ring, and then conflict inside the home, unrelenting. Exactly. Yeah. So, and and I think in this way was it was kind of a supercharged version of that, but in in very similar qualities, kind of had the same type of outlook for that okay um, yeah, I mean doozy.
0: <laughs> it's it's a, a, a definitely doozy I love that I mean capping off our, our year You're episode with right. yeah. something challenging yeah I think it's kind of cool yeah and it's 75 is the best film on here yeah it best is best film of the week
1: it is yeah to Monroe's actual real life, real life detriment but that's not to say that I, I, I didn't enjoy uh, kind of watching this through uh, and if anything you know not that I said I, I knew Monroe maybe like some outrageous fans you know are online saying <laughs> yeah uh, I I definitely had an opinion of the depiction here, and especially when it comes to the real life Hollywood events, you know, uh, of the films. I mean, uh, the, the films are in the movie. So, you know, there's a, maybe I enjoyed this a little bit more for, you know, the pre work that I did for it as well.
0: Right, right. Uh, wow, Vin, uh, great week. <laughs> Doozy.
1: I was real sweating this one. It's a blast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, just before we run these down here, anything else, uh, or are we rolling credits? No,
1: I, I think that's good, folks. If you have a different, um, a different slot uh, for maybe what you think should be in the Maryland study, uh, maybe we drop Misfits, we add Niagara, or if you have your favorite Marilyn Monroe film, definitely write in. We would love to hear from you. And, yeah, you can uh,
0: just write into daily ratings at gmail for right now until we get the other one set up on the site and everything. Yeah. So. Yeah, we love the dialogue. We love the communication with you all. Absolutely. Vin, thank you for watching these films. Hopefully, you're strong enough for next week. <laughs> keep, just keep it going. Another five. Another five. <laughs> uh, but thanks for stopping by, Vin. Folks, at home, we're going to run it down one more time here. We have Gentlemen Prefer Blondes with a 70%, The Seven Year Itch with a 56 Some Like It Hot with a 55 The Misfits with a 62 and Blonde with a 75%. Folks, we thank you so much for producing and listening to the podcast, and we'll see you next week on the Daily Ratings Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you would, could you give us a good rating or tell a friend about us? If you're wondering if a film is worth a watch or if you just like to see more movie ratings from Vince, be sure to stop by TheDailyRatings.com, where we have our ever-expanding catalog of films. Also, if you found value in the podcast or our site, become a producer and go to the Donations tab on TheDailyRatings.com. You can donate whatever amount of value you feel you receive from us. We're looking to build this into something large and great but also be independent from those corporate sponsors. So we greatly appreciate any support from you all. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast.